If you enjoy listening to inspirational stories from people just like us, facing the fear and doing it anyway, then you're in the right place. My name is Claire Hill and this is the No Rest for the Vivid podcast. Hello, welcome to the No Rest for the Vivid podcast. My name is Claire Hill and I am your host. I am the founder of the Vivid Club membership. I am a wire artist and have a business called Vivid Wire where I make wire art. Um, But I am very passionate about supporting business owners through trauma-informed business support, lifting them up, empower them and giving them a bit of an injection of brilliance into their energy, their mindset and their business. That's basically in a nutshell. That's the Vivid Club. Vivid Wire, I teach wire art and I make wire art. And that's where it all started. Wire art changed my life. Fact. (laughs) Today um, is the third episode in my breakdown. No, it's not. It's the fourth episode. I'm wrong because I did another, I did an extra one. But I've had, well, let me just recap for you. Episode one was about the warrior energy because that's part of my warrior best friend. Let me just start again. Get myself confused there because I want to make sure that I'm covering all the bases. I operate my business support, my trauma-informed business support, using my Warrior Boss framework. And there are four components to the Warrior Boss framework. Number one is warrior energy. Number two is vision strategy and planning. Number three is money-making attitude. Number four is consistency and productivity. Warrior energy was covered in two episodes because in between I had a bit of a wonky day. You can go back and listen to that episode and I'll talk about how I use my Warrior Energy Toolkit to help me in my wonky days. Number two, last two weeks ago, was all about vision, strategy and planning. And then today I'm talking about money-making attitude. It's one of my favourite things to talk about. To be honest, I love talking about it all. Though I'm quite distracted, I saw about a tip about how to record your YouTube videos, because you might be watching this, by the way, it's on YouTube or you're listening, um, about don't sit on a swingy chair because it distracts you. I could not stop fidgeting for, for the life of me. I can't stop. I'm always moving. So if I didn't have a swinging chair, I'd be crossing my legs. That's a, There's a story about that of how I met my husband. He... um. He started fancying me at a meeting. We used to work together. And um, he looked under the table and he couldn't see my legs because my legs were crossed on the chair. But that is because I'm so sure that my legs never reach the floor. If I sit properly on this chair, they don't. So that's why I'm always moving. I hope you don't mind if you're watching. (laughs) I need to move again. Okay, so money-making attitude. First up, we're going to talk about money story. Now, money having a money story, we all have a money story. We all have a story about how we learn about money, what our families felt about money, how we grew up with money, how we are with money now. We all have a money story. If yours is similar to mine, it sometimes can be quite difficult. It's a challenge to reset your money attitude because when you grew up with nothing and you grew up in poverty, you have quite a, well, one, you probably were surrounded with the words of skin, no money, can't afford that, 
quite a lot. Um, you sort of learn not to ask for anything because you knew that you weren't going to be able to afford it. Um, you also probably accepted there was no point in dreaming or wishing for anything because you weren't going to get it. Um, and it was always about just getting by and surviving. So if you had a similar story to me, I grew up in poverty. My mum was on benefits because when my dad passed away, she was pregnant with my brother and had three children. Um, how old was I? I was eight. Um, my sister was six and my other sister was five. Um, and my mum was pregnant. I think I've got those ages right. Um, so my mum was pregnant with my brother. So she couldn't really go out to work so she had to be on benefits um and you know I'm really grateful that we have a system to support that it meant that we but we were also on an electric and gas meter and if you've ever had experience of gas and electric meters the rate that you pay like I mean we know if, if you're moaning about your bills at the moment which I mean all of us are our energy bills especially in the UK and I think Australia is also really struggling you your energy bills are increasing, but you might be on direct debit, which means that you don't actually that the standard variable rate or you know the fixed rate or whatever was I just talking about mortgages then? But you know what I mean. The rate that you pay your um your fuel in your energy is sort of set because you can pay using the bank. But if you are more at risk of not fulfilling a debt, even if you're not, even if you're so good at paying your bills. If there's a risk that you aren't going to pay it, and generally people that are living in poverty, there is more of a risk that they can't pay their bills. Then in the UK, you get put on a meter and also the debt gets taken with you and it's not staying, doesn't stay at the property. So if you are um, a tenant, sometimes you can be put on a meter and it's something that can be enforced on you as well. So we had a meter because just of the way it was in the building, we were in social housing, so we had a meter. But it meant that gas and electric were more expensive. And there were so many days and so many times my mum would literally have to be like, right, I've got, I've only got five pounds. That's all I've got. That's got to last the weekend with four children on her own. Like I think about it now, I just can't believe, I can't believe like it just is it feels not alien because it is my story but it's god how far have I come gonna just give my little myself a little pat on the back um without getting emotional but it just it feels um so yeah anyway and, and like the times that I, I would have a cold bath now my mum must have felt so distraught having to, to to know that her child has got to be clean and the only way that she can be clean is to put her in cold water they're thinking about it. she could have used a flannel <laughs> but um you know it's just like it's just horrible isn't it thinking about it but there was just no money to make sure that we had hot water all the time and the, the lights would go off when we were cooking dinner um then the gas would go off and then we'd have like half cooked dinners or even nothing. It would just have to be toast. Um, you know, everything had to be saved. Every every piece of food had to be saved and because we could reuse it or we could eat it another day. Or, you know, like if we had a plate of food, we better be eating that whole plate of food. Nothing went to waste. And all of these thought processes have been quite... Um, 
quite important in my growth as a business owner to recognize that and for myself actually because um if for example i mean i know we all do this sort of like leftovers from our children's plates i i'm not eating those leftovers from jackson's plate because i'm extra hungry or anything i eat them because i don't want anything to go into the bin not that i'm hungry so then the thought process is basically i'm a bin because it would be going in the bin. So to save it going in the bin, I'm going to force myself to eat stuff. So basically, I'm the bin. See what I mean? Which, so I've stopped doing that when I realised that. Um, also, um, eating to make, like, eating my whole, all of my dinner, even if I'm already full, because it feels like a waste, even if I'm full. It's like, I mean, the, these are things that I've been really working on the last six months about my habits with eating. Um, and they all just stem from, like, that, that, that working in that poverty line and just saying you know the better quality food or um you know actually saying that but investing in quality food is better fuel for me to work on my business and be a better mom and a bit better wife so why am I scrimping I'm I I, I bet and, and also you know if you buy local produce it's more expensive but then you'll giving back to your local area because you're buying like local produce um there's just things like that like being aware of your relationship why aren't you going to spend that money why does it feel uncomfortable to spend that money when you know you're going to get a better value and is it more important to be trying to save every bit i'm going to come back to that in a minute so having that money story of where you started and where it where you're going and also that this um it might have been like a negative connotation with debt when really debt is investment as long as you know you've invested in really good things and you're paying it back is investment it's not it's not a negative thing not encouraging you to get into debt but I'm just saying like don't carry shame if you have debt because when you look back it's it's probably because you've invested um so and and also being around people that have saved and you know saving for a rainy day. When are the rainy days coming? Saving for a, a lovely holiday in Santi. That's my mission. Um, I'm going. I'm telling now all of you on the podcast YouTube. I'm going away. Um, actually, why am I telling you when I'm going away? There might be a robber listening, and you're going to hear it. I'm not going to say that, even though my own laws will be watching. So don't even think about it. I'm just going to stop there. Anyway, I'm going on a holiday to Zante, five star, all inclusive for a week. And I know when I'm going, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> but I'm going. And I'm also I'm also going to Centre Parks in a, in a couple of, well, I think we're going to book it in a in a few weeks. Um, Again, I'm not going to tell you when. Why am I telling you this? I mean, this is broadcast out. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm going away and I and it's sort of that element of, oh, can we really afford it? Uh, now I'm going to make the money. That's what I'm going to do. I'll tell you now. That's what I'm going to do. But I'm not going to put the money out. I'm not going to steal off people. I'm going to create some amazing experiences for people. I'm going to invest back into their businesses. And it's about it's about acknowledging what you really offer. And it's okay to exchange what you offer for money. I've just done a little divergent there. So 
first up with your money making attitude is considering your money story and it can be quite painful but really writing it down and saying you know like and you can write it down um but um I'm just trying to think like dear money you say like dear money you've always you've always been there when I've really needed you but why are you not there when I want you something like that like some romantic ex-boyfriend it's that it's starting our journey to see money in a different way um and before I continue I can't believe I didn't even start the episode with mentioning Jen Sincero who wrote the book you are a badass at making money please read that book it is so good it's so good it is so good it's one of those it's like a comfort blanket to me now and I actually really enjoy watching it um reading it like again and again I'm so sorry if you're on YouTube my my camera is getting a bit wobbly you know why because I keep fidgeting as I go to fidget again (laughs) so number one is all about money story now number two is becoming aware of your money language because the word skint or I can't afford that cannot be in your vocabulary at all. None. Nada, da, da, da. Such negative energy about the word skin. When you actually think about it and you're absolutely skin, it means that you, do, you, you can't afford things at the moment that are luxuries. But telling you now, and if you've actually been here in your life, um, grow, growing up in poverty. And it's always like, I, I feel like this, so you can't say, well, I had it worse than you, so you can't moan. It's not about that. But it is about acknowledging that being skin is not having food, accommodation, and, you know, like no money, no money. That's what being skin is about. And if you have food in the cupboards and you can create something to eat, if you can switch the lights on and you've got a roof over your head, if you've got an iPhone, you're not skin. If you've got a smartphone, you're not skin. So that's tough. that made me feel uncomfortable saying that. But it is true. Sorry, you're not skin. You're probably not skin. If you're listening on a phone right now that's costing you 50 quid a month to run, um, and it's probably the most, the most up-to-date phone, it's... You're not, you're not skin, are you? Really frowning now. I need to sort that out. Keep forgetting I'm actually on video. <laughs> right. So money language. Consider how you talk about money. What are the words that you use? So if things are a bit of a challenge um, and energy, uh, money isn't flowing as freely to me as I wish it to, that's what I say. Like money's not flowing free as freely as I wish it to. Bit of a mouthful. Better than, I mean, skin is easier to roll off the tongue. But um, what can I do to help that money flow more easily to me? Am I ready to receive it? A lot of the time, people in the Vivid Club membership will say, "Oh, really quiet on sales, but I'm busy doing this, that, and the other." Well, you're not going to get any more sales, especially if you've got a like make the product unless you've made space in your diary for it. If you're really busy, how are you going to meet demand? It's another thing that um, uh, it's called the chalkboard method, which is from, oh my goodness, I've forgotten their names, but it's about making space in your calendar and your diary for clients' work to come in. So having space where you say, 
you know, like on this day, I am going to make orders. On this day, I'm going to create training for people. Or on this day, I'm going to have meetings with people. Then you're making space in your life for that work to come in. And then the work comes in. It's really cool. It's all about being just like embracing the idea that money is energy. And if you just swapped and said, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm really challenged for energy at the moment, you would think, well, how can I get more energy? And when we think, oh, how I'm really challenged for money at the moment, you know, you do, I suppose, think, oh, how do I get more money? But thinking of it as an energy instead of money as in pound notes, it can sort of ease the burden of it and get you into a, a little bit of a better relationship with it. So definitely thinking about your money language and being aware of it. Number three, well, <clears throat> I tell you, it's very, very, I'm going to have to, um, excuse me, I don't normally cough on the podcast, um, but I had laryngitis last week, and as you can hear, recording podcasts a week after you've had laryngitis is probably not the best idea, but um, I'm going to persevere, so I do apologise for the husky and sexy voice. (laughs) Oh, oh God, I'm I'm uh, being a proper prepare Paula and, and uh block recording lots of these. So I'm very I'm very proud of myself. Um but yeah, so talking about raising prices. So yesterday was our meeting in the Warrior Boss framework. Not the Warrior Boss framework, the Project Warrior Boss. There we go. In Project Warrior Boss, which is my group program, got six amazing Warrior Bosses in there. Oh my god, they're so cool. Um as well as the September group, you are cool too. I'm not saying that I've, I have no, I don't prefer one group over the other. I'm just saying that for the September lot because they did say, you know, like you do know that you're ditching us, you're cheating on us <laughs> with the other group. But the January group, last night we met and one artist, um, she was doing a live drop of her products while we were meeting. And um, I... I said to her, um, so how have you priced these this collection? And she said, uh, well, I have put my prices up. I've put them up by £10 each. And I said, wouldn't it be fun if we put them up a little bit more? And she said, no, 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 no. So all the other girls were like, go on, you can. Go on, go on. Why not? Why not? Let's just do it. Come on. And I said, this is the thing with being in a group, a group program like that. And it's, I suppose that's the, the the mastermind effect of it, that when you are with a group of people and everyone is backing you like that and everyone's championing you, you can move forward in a in a, a more supportive way. And I said, like, you are in the safest place right now. You're with a group of people that go through exactly the same thing. What's the worst thing that could happen? What is the worst thing that could happen for you increasing your prices? And she said, I don't know. I said, well, why not? She said, oh, well, they won't sell. I said, but they probably will eventually. We're not talking about doubling them. We're talking about adding an extra £25 onto each one. So she did it. And her collection, by one piece that actually sold through the night, she sold out, I think it was in five minutes, and made herself an extra... I think it was 200 quid in 10 minutes by increasing her prices. Massive vulnerability hangover afterwards. She felt massive imposter syndrome, 
But good, because that meant she's grown and gone out of her comfort zone. But when we were talking about raising her prices, we were getting her to focus on the, there's more beyond the transaction. She's not just selling art. She's selling one-off pieces which have an essence of joy in them that are going to go onto somebody's wall and be there for life. You're not telling me that if somebody spends £50 on a piece of art compared to £150 on a piece of art, and I mean, I'm talking, they are small prices compared to like art. It's art, guys, art. So you put, say, all right, let, actually for better want £10 compared to £150. Which piece of art, if they're exactly the same art, but they once somebody spent £10 on it, somebody spent £150 on it, which one do you think is going to get the most respect and love and admiration through its time on the wall? It's going to be the £150 one, isn't it? That significance of the investment means that the piece of art is going to be cared for and enjoyed more. So remember that. What do you deliver to your customers or your clients that goes beyond what you actually deliver? And sit there with that and write those all of those feelings that that person done. We do a lot of work in that of on that in Project Warrior Boss and with my one to one clients and you know um, all of that. So if you do need a bit of extra help with that, give me send me a message. We'd, let's have a chat. Let's book a meeting. Why not? Um, number four, money challenge. Now the September cohort of Project Warrior Boss. Um, we've, we've, we've done the journey with their money attitude, money-making attitude. They believe that they can make money and now they're going to make the money. And we're setting up a big money challenge to finish their program. It's huge, big, big, big challenge. And they feel really out of their depth. They don't feel comfortable um, because, well, the biggest reason is because they feel that what would happen, how are they going to feel about themselves if they fail? And that's the, the most difficult part of the money challenge. It's saying it's not about failing. It's not about even achieving the target. It's about exploring different ways that you can make money. It's about recognising the evidence you have in your locker that you make money and that you can if you need to. So when we go through those days of feeling challenge I was going to say skin we don't say that challenged money wise or energy the money energy it's not flowing as freely in those moments we can go hmm how can I make it move more freely what can I do and you have options you've explored different ways and reasons and and strategies and opportunities of making more money they're at your hand your fingertips you know if me saying I'm going to pay for the family to go away not out of our normal money I'm just I'm gonna earn it in a different way you know I've already started doing that and I also want new patio doors um I would say they're less exciting it's not I can't wait for my new patio doors um but instead of saying right so we need to budget for that I don't do that I don't budget I go right where what else can I do and it's it's so energetic the thing is is when I do those things the amount of extra energy and joy I have around it is so much more impactful to the people I'm supporting they get more from me because I'm getting a reward as well for, for helping them but also I'm going to get to go on holiday I just get it just it's a wonderful cycle of absolute pure joy because the thing is is you pay it forward the more joy I get the more joy I give to everybody else and then the more money they make it's so wonderful. 
I'm so I'm just still over the moon for that warrior in Project Warrior Boss last night, putting her prices up. Just keep thinking about it. So doing a money challenge, we set a, a, a total, we set um an inside project warrior boss, but they're gonna all do it at the same time. So it's gonna be really lots of energy behind it. Um and you know that and, and one of my one of the warriors said to me, I'm a bit worried that um what I set myself as a goal is going to be less and then what if I don't get there I'm going to feel like a failure and it, it is that is the most difficult part it's not actually making the money it's accepting that if you don't make the money it's okay nothing doesn't mean you're a failure it means that you tried and you did an experiment it's just an experiment you're just seeing if you can do it and if you can't do it the first time who says you can't start money challenges the very next day and do exactly the same thing and it becomes exciting. It's just a let's have a little play. Can I do that? Can I um see if I can earn an extra grand this week? Why not? See, see how we can do it. I love doing money challenges. I set myself them up a lot. What I need to do more of is doing joint money challenges with my peers. And I think it's when like with Project Warrior Boss, they're gonna really they're gonna benefit massively from being in the same group and being able to share that. So I'm excited for them. Um, okay, I'm just checking my notes. I'm being such a prepared baller. <laughs> such a prepared baller, making sure that I'm covering all the bases and the money-making attitude. Um, but yeah, if you've got any questions about having a money-making uh, attitude and feeling better about money, let me know. Definitely, definitely up for, um, if you need any support around this, let's book a strategy call. At the moment, I don't have all of that information on my website because... I'm an idiot. That is basically it. And I need to get on that. Um, but just email me and I can send you over some information about booking a one-off call. We can sit there and we can look at your prices, the value that you give your clients um, and your customers and do a whole structure, price standard, all about making you more money in your business as well as income streams. But yeah, I do love doing that. I do love all the strategy and money-making stuff. Well, if you enjoyed this episode then please tell your friends, tell everyone about it, share it, rate it, write a comment, um, go and watch it on YouTube and write a comment there, subscribe. There's lots of ways that you can, if you feel that anything I say benefits you, there's so many free things you can do to support me. Um, and every single one, I'm just so grateful. I was thinking of doing some kind of um, giveaway with um, comments and feedback and stuff. That'd be quite fun, wouldn't it? So I might do that in the future. I will do that in the future. So yeah, keep listening. <laughs> anyway, I hope you have an amazing week or day or whatever time it is where you are. And um, I'll see you soon. Thank you so much for listening to the No Rest for the Vivid podcast. Written, produced and hosted by Claire Hill. And music has been composed by my brother, Phil Vidler.